my freshman year, it was very difficult managing my business, going to school, my friendships, and my relationship at the time. So yeah, it definitely was was a hard skill to learn. Um, I don't think anyone just is born with the skill to handle and push through excellence every day. Um, as I worked with the company, I was trained a couple different times on time management. And I think just wanting it, just wanting to be great and be excellent um, and knowing where I want to be in my future. I didn't want to stop. I wanted to get there as early as I can. And I still do. So I'm still pushing myself, trying to have every aspect in my life. I know you can't be excellent if you don't have a good social life. You don't have friends and you're not pushing yourself. Obviously, it all kind of works together. Now, you can push yourself to be excellent, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a social life or people to talk to, it's all going to definitely crumble down at some point. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Tanner Hawley, it is always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for making time and thank you for coming on the Edge of Excellence. Yes, sir. It's great to see you too, Matt. Well, we're going to get started the way we always get started. Tanner Hawley, what is your definition of excellence? Yeah, so I think excellence can be defined pretty much any way by anyone. But my definition of excellence is just striving to be better. So every day, whether it's in your work life, personal life, whatever it is, pushing to be um, at least 1% better every day. Not everyone wants to be excellent. It does take a lot of work and dedication, but yeah, that's my definition. So your your definition of excellence kind of goes with the 10,000 hours theory. If you're striving every day and you're getting 1% better every day with time, you will be excellent at whatever you're focused on. Did I get it right? 100%. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to go back in, in life. You're a little bit of a different. This is a little bit of a different show with Tanner here today. Um, he is still in college. He does not know exactly what he wants to do with the career. So we're talking to somebody that may be a little younger than you if you're listening to the car right now, maybe the same age, but we're going to figure out how he's finding his path to excellence. And I know Tanner and I've seen him and I know he's excellent and I've spent time with him and shouted him. So I think he's a good example of what a possible path to excellence is. And let's go way back, way back to a few years ago when you were in St. John, Kansas at St. John High School. What was life like? Were you trying to get ahead? Did you know you needed to get ahead or did that come to you later in life? Yeah. Um, So in high school, obviously, I grew up in a very small town. So there wasn't a whole lot to be doing out here in St. John throughout high school. I definitely was doing as much as I could to stay involved in my community, whether it was sports or clubs throughout high school. Um, I had a goal to play college basketball. So I knew, definitely knew that I had to stand out to get and reach that goal. So throughout high school, played a ton of basketball, played a ton over the summer during the school year and dedicated most of my time to that. 
aspect of my life. Yeah, ended up playing basketball um, for a little bit while I was in college. Um, so I definitely know the importance of kind of sticking out or separating yourself from the crowd. Well, that's, that's interesting. And I don't know that it's been brought up that way before. It's an interesting parallel. If you want to be a pro football, basketball, soccer, whatever player, uh, and most people don't get to do that. I think it's one out of 2,000 high school football players become NFL players. So you don't have the greatest chances, but you know that you need to stand out. I like how you said that. You need to stand out as a basketball player, stand out as a football player, stand out as a baseball player. Whatever you want to do as a professional athlete, you better stand out with your while you're in high school. And what do you know? If you want to be a professional engineer, doctor, business person, lawyer, you better stand out when you're in college and shortly after college to get those sweet jobs. So you're in high school, you're focused on basketball, you're focusing on standing out, and then you go to college, you play basketball, and then you stop playing basketball. So what was life like in college? What were you doing in college to stand out? Yeah, so after um, I quit basketball, decided not to pursue it, um, I honestly pretty lost for a while. I played basketball for over 12 years of my life. So I really wasn't sure what I was doing after basketball. And then I think less than a month after um, I stopped playing basketball, I had a recruiter for College Works reach out to me. And that's kind of when I realized I need to start doing something else to stand out in my work life if I wasn't going to pursue basketball. Um, it sounded really hard, sounded like it would push me to my to my limits. So, I mean, yeah, that's when I decided to pursue college work. So while you're in high school, you're going to basketball camps, you're going to two-a-day practices, you're getting there early, you're leaving late, and you're doing the hard work because you've got to take the kind of the hard, wiggly path, not the straight, easy path to get into college basketball. Um, so you go in, and then you go into college for whatever reason. Um, you decide you're not going to be playing college basketball anymore, but you go for a parallel path. You want to stand out in college so you can get into that great career, just like you were standing out in basketball to get that college career. And not everybody can do college work. We only operate in the Midwest. And this this uh, podcast is for people all over the country. So it doesn't have to be college works. But if you hear what Tanner's talking about, he looked for an internship that was hard that would push him, that would challenge him, that would cause him to get out of his comfort zone. I, you know, I like vector marketing. I think they're just for high school, though. I like those Alaska fishing boats. I like Southwestern books. There's a lot of programs out there that will force you to work hard, prove your work ethic, force you to um, get into negotiations and dealing with employees and and uh, and, and possibly forward-facing the clients that are really challenge you. And just like you know, going the hard route for basketball, if you go the hard route in college, you'll probably start to stand out. Is that basically what your goal was with college works? You wanted to figure out how to stand out? Yeah, totally. Um, I had nothing really on my resume um, work experience wise, just because throughout high school over the summer, pretty much all my time went to working out or playing basketball to, to get to that next level. So as a freshman in college, I knew I needed to do something and, also was having a very early midlife crisis. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, what I wanted to do with college. I was just in college for basketball. So 
Um, once that was gone, yeah, I was kind of stuck trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to pursue. So, well, so you, you call it a very early midlife crisis. I call it a pre-life crisis. And you say it in a way that that you think that you it might be rare. I think it's nearly universal. So I think nearly everybody when they're, you know, about your age, and if you're listening right now in that 21 to 25 zone, they don't know exactly what they want to do. And you said, I started to feel lost. And I bet there's a lot of people listening right now that feel lost. I was lost and I knew I wanted to be a lawyer, but I kind of knew it was wrong. You were lost because... You didn't know what you want to do. Other people might be lost because they've tried something that they didn't like. And you enter what I call a pre-life crisis. And I was having nightmares and waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to sleep and, you know, just felt this horrible anxiety. Why don't you tell us what you were feeling when you were lost and what were some of the steps you took to become unlost? I know a recruiter came into your into your class, you know, a month after you started feeling lost, but you had to be available for that serendipitous um, path. You have to be available. If, if you're closed off and you're in a panic right now, or you're feeling anxious right now, you might not be available for the opportunities that are coming. So how did you go from lost to available? What happened in that month that you were lost? What were your steps? Definitely. Yeah. I think a lot of the feelings and kind of how you described it, anxious, scared to go and do stuff um, and kind of closed off. Definitely felt that way with a lot of things, but I I also was pretty comfortable doing new things and being out of my comfort zone already growing up. Um, so doing new things didn't really bother me. Like I said earlier, um, I wanted to challenge myself and, and kind of see what I was worth. I felt like I could do it. Um, I wanted to push myself. Yeah, I I really don't know what made me kind of open up to it but yeah like you said someone was just speaking in my class I was a little freshman so um, I just felt like pursuing it and it was a great idea okay so you're, you're feeling anxious and someone listening right now is feeling anxious scared starting to close off but at the same time you're comfortable with lack of comfort you're comfortable doing things that are new and you want to push yourself so maybe the first step, if you're feeling lost, if you could relate to Tanner right now, what are you good at? Um, what will help you in other um, fields or other passions? And maybe analyze yourself, the anxiousness, the scared, the closed off. Is that just a phase? Maybe that's, maybe that's the first step. Figure out how you're feeling. How do you feel right now? Um, why are you feeling that way? What's causing it? Well, you just changed your career, just got rid of something you've been doing for half your day, for all your life as you can remember it. Of course, you're going to feel anxious. Of course, you're going to feel scared. So I think first off, how are you feeling? Second, is this a phase? Third, what are you good at? And fourth, um, what options are out there? So you might not have done that uh, consciously, but I know you pretty well. You're a pretty quick thinker. Um, so probably inside your head, you're sitting there going, hey, I'm feeling anxious, but I felt anxious before. This is just a phase. Hey, um, I got to figure out something to do and challenge myself. I'm comfortable with new things. I got to push myself. Hey, there's an option that really pushes myself that's new that might challenge my comfort zone. Boom, that's right for me. That's probably some process like that. I do want to stress, um, it's good to stop and think about how you're feeling. And it's good to think about what's causing those feelings. And if you have incredible anxiety right now, Maybe that'll help you get over the edge and realize, okay, I've been here before. 
I'm going to get through this. Um, what are the steps for me to get for me to get through it? And if you are suffering from anxiety, you need more than that. Please reach out for some help. You can get help through your school. You can get help probably through your parents. You might already have insurance. Um, so I'm not belittling some of the anxiety, but some of that easier anxiety to deal with just comes down to saying, hey, what are the steps I need to take? So maybe subconsciously you dump some of that, but somebody walks in your classroom, says, hey, you should try this stupid management thing, running these painters, and you're like, okay, that sounds good to me. Um, and at the time, I think, were you an engineering student at the time? Yeah. So currently I was in our applied technology department at Jorge State. So yeah, it definitely wasn't anywhere in kind of the career path that I wanted to go. So you were trying something out completely. Oh, which wasn't the career path, the business side or the engineering side? I was going into the, the engineering side um, and then CollegeWorks came in and that's when I kind of stepped out of that. You saw the entrepreneurial side. So you might be in engineering right now thinking, hey, I don't know if this is right for me. And you can look for other options. You might be in other options. But you were thinking, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to try this business thing so I could be a, a, a business person that happens to be an engineer. When you got into the business side, you decided you loved the entrepreneur entrepreneurship side, the leverage, all that. And you didn't love engineering. And by the way, I just got to throw a caveat in there. Anytime, and I didn't realize you changed from engineering. I try to always talk people out of changing from engineering or out of changing from finance because you can be an engineer. You can't really be a communications. You can't really be a historian or a politician, political scientist. I mean, they do have those, but for the most part, you're doing those things to get a different job. You're actually in a field that I can't do. I can't do the math. I just don't, I'm not wired that way. And, you know, in I think eight out of the top 10, 10 highest paying jobs out of college or in engineering. So I, I don't, I actually, I fight against people changing from engineering. Um, in your case, and we're not going to say that this is the path to follow, but there's something wasn't right in engineering. Were you struggling in the classes? Um, was it starting to feel like you'd pick the wrong major for yourself and it wasn't a good fit? Yeah. So it was actually the summer during my internship year. You and I had a phone call. I just took the disc test and um, we talked about that. And you also there, I brought up with the, with you on that phone call that I was thinking about changing. Um, and that's when you started to tell me to not change it. Like you were just saying, <laughs> urging, urging me not to drop it. But yeah, I just didn't feel comfortable in it. I was starting to not like some of the stuff that I was getting into. Yeah, no, no exact reason. I really liked business and being in those management roles, which I probably could have done in engineering, but I feel felt more entrepreneurial. Kind of want to go that route. Okay. And you took a disc test and I just want to stop there. If you're thinking about changing your major from finance or engineering, please stop and take a disc test. If you've got a high C, stay in finance or engineering. Tanner didn't. Tanner was cut out not for engineering. I was cut out not for law. I went to college for four years to be a lawyer. I took a disc test many years later. I would have been a horrible lawyer because I don't care about detail. Tanner actually scores the same as me. Um, maybe engineering wasn't the best, but I still tried to talk him into getting it out for a little longer. Um, but uh, he decided that he felt more comfortable. And scientifically, he took the test. I think DISC is number four. If you want to go back into our episodes, I think it's the fourth episode or right around the first 10. 
10, where we talk about DISC, how to use DISC. You can go take a DISC test. We have a white paper. If you go to uh, the Edge of Excellence bundle on our website, we can give you a white paper that explains how to relate DISC to your careers. It's not really designed for that, but you've got a scientific reason for leaving that really tied to your motivation for leaving. And you're on the show today. Um, you haven't gone off and started that business that you um, want to start one day. You haven't even figured out what industry it's going to be in. You haven't even figured out for sure if you're going to go start another business. You may find it. Someone may hire you. You may stay working with us forever. Um, but let's talk about what you're doing to get yourself on the edge of excellence. You were just some random dude at some random school who didn't play basketball anymore and was struggling through engineering before. And now... You've had huge numbers that you put on your resume, and it doesn't have to be at the business we work at together, but how are you measuring yourself on your resume? Tanner has hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sales, um, 20, 40, 80 employees at one time that he's overseeing. He's been a direct uh, manager. He's been a mid-level manager. He's been an upper-level manager all while he's in school striving to get to um, that that entrepreneurial career of his future, basically work living in excellence on the way to becoming excellent. He's living on the edge of excellence. So how is it? How you know, you're 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 working, you're going to school, you have a social life, um, you've got a lot of friends. You, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or not. You probably have a girlfriend. Um, I'm not even allowed to ask that since you uh, still work with me. So pretend I didn't ask that question. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. How are you? How do you manage all these different saucers that you're spinning? And how do you keep yourself focused on this distant future and doing all this stuff now that, you know, is a sacrifice now um, for a future return? Yeah, it's definitely not easy and, and takes a lot of time and practice to be able to do it. Um, I know going in my freshman year, it was very difficult managing my business, going to school, my friendships and my relationship at the time. So yeah, it definitely was was a hard skill to learn. Um, I don't think anyone just is born with the skill to handle and push through excellence every day. Um, as I worked with the company, I was trained a couple different times on time management, and I think just wanting it, just wanting to be great and be excellent, um, and knowing where I want to be in my future, I didn't want to stop. I wanted to get there as early as I can, and I still do. I'm still pushing myself um, and trying to have every aspect in my life. I know you can't 
be excellent. If you don't have a good social life, you don't have friends and you're not pushing yourself, obviously it all kind of works together. Uh, you can push yourself to be excellent, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a social life or people to talk to, it's all going to definitely crumble down at some point. And how do you stay so focused on the long term? Um, I mean, you, you have less of a social life than the dude down the street from you that has no job, takes 12 units a quarter, gets straight or semester, gets straight C's, parties all night long. You don't have that social life. You have a balanced social life. Um, you, you don't have just the college and social life. You've got a pretty heavy work life, which is taking you away from some of the things that people say is college, right? How do you stay in so long-term focused while you're grinding it out? And then also, how do you make sure you're having a great time and maybe even having a better time than the guy down the street doing nothing? Yeah, that's definitely a good question. How I stay focused on my long-term goals, obviously partying and, and having a good time in college is important. That's part of the experience. But after a little bit, you realize you, you don't need to be going out and, and partying and seeing your friends every single day um i'm very content going out with my friends once or twice a week whenever i have time and then i honestly yeah like you said having more fun being so focused on my future my career goals stuff like that i feel like i've met and built relationships with more people similar to myself more people that have the same goals so even if i'm not going out to a house party or drinking with everyone and i'm just kicking back, talking about the business with one of my coworkers or friends within the company. I still enjoy that a lot. Um, so my social life is, has definitely changed from my freshman year to now. I'm 20 years old, but um, the way that I go about my social life is, is different. And I think that's how I keep it kind of intertwined with my work and my school is I've found different social environments that I like and enjoy more. But so um, it's an interesting outlook. How do you stay focused on the long term? You said, I basically balance myself. I don't need to go out every day. I go out once or twice a week. Fun is part of my life, not all of my life. And I think that that's just a fear. And I remember my, my son goes to Tulane. My brother went to Tulane. My brother says, hey, make sure Jake knows there's a music festival every day in New Orleans. And New Orleans can swallow you up. And so you got to decide to not go to every music festival like he wants to go to or not go to every party like he wants to go to and have some balance. And you even found out that sometimes when you're overdoing it, when you're going out all the time, your psyche isn't really in great shape because deep in the back of your cerebral brain, you know, you're not doing what you should be doing. So you're happy and satisfied because you're achieving in all these areas. And then you also have fun versus the people that may be masking um, their really lack of self-content by partying and drinking and maybe picking up some vices that they don't need, they're masking it. And if maybe they balanced themselves and were more productive, they wouldn't need to drink and, and party so much. So you're you're basically wholly balanced. And then I like your second answer a lot because you're part of the custom generation. And, you know, I really, really hate taking food orders at my house because I want a burrito bowl with no rice and no cheese and add this and add that or burger with no bun and blah, blah, blah. And it takes 15 minutes to get three people's food order because you guys are all part of the custom generation. Um, so I hate it when it comes to ordering food, but I love it when it comes to um, talking about creating the life that you want. 
and creating and, and basically making and customizing your life plan. So you decided that I'm going to have a great time at work. I mean, you're on the on the horn with me today because you and I have a great time together. And we were emailing back and forth. I'm like, I got to get Tanner on the call because he's fun to talk to. So you have a great time. We're working right now, actually. We have a great time while, we're, while you're at work. You have a great time. You know, maybe people go to work and disappear. You go grab a beer with somebody or hang out and talk about politics or um, government or uh, economics or whatever, and you're grabbing more out of each of that moment and customizing your work environment. So it's not just going to work with a bunch of schleps that you don't like. It's going to work with people that you're getting to know and getting to like, and then work becomes fun. You're not just going out and partying with random people. When you go out, it's like an investment in your time. And so you've created this customized life of study, social, um, work, family, and you have balance because when you leave your social life, it's not like you're going to work. It's like you're going to another fun area. It's not like you're going to your horrible, miserable home. You're going to another fun area. You've got these support structures all over the place. You've got growth all over the place. So you've created this custom living experience. And if you're listening right now, anybody can do this. Fire your friends. If you got loser friends, get rid of them. Get the friends that you want to talk to, that you enjoy talking to, that get the most out of you. If you hate your job and you don't like the people at your job, Go get a new job. If you don't know the people at your job, go to lunch with somebody different every day from work. Find out a way to figure out how you can grow from the people around you at school, at work, in your family, and you can customize it the way Tanner has. So now what year are you in school? I'm currently a junior in college. Okay, so you're a junior in college. You've uh, run, a, run a small business while you're a freshman. You helped us mentor other people running the same small business while you're a sophomore. Came back a third year. Now you're uh, unbelievably, usually you got to be way out of school to be at the executive level you are, but you did it all faster than most people do. And so what are you spending your time doing now to prepare yourself for the next step, which is getting out of college in a year and a half and uh, going into the real world? What are you doing to set yourself apart? Yeah, um, I've always been striving, like I said earlier, to push myself and set myself apart. Um, currently, things I'm doing to set myself apart would would still kind of be the same thing. So every day I wake up, I want to be great. I want to push myself and try to do something new. Um, so what, it doesn't have to be just in work, whether it's just learning a new skill um, or meeting new people, but to push myself. Right now in work, pretty much is where it's at, work and school. So college, studying a lot, doing doing all my classes. I'm currently online. So I switched to online this past year so I could switch over a little bit more and focus on work a little bit more this year. Um, but yeah. Okay, so you wake up in the morning and you want to be great is what you said. You wake up in the morning and you want to try something new. Do you have some sort of morning routine or some sort of affirmations that you do in the morning or does it just happen naturally? Just kind of naturally. I think honestly, the best way to have that mindset and want to wake up and have a good long day would be probably working out. I know whenever I, if I'm not working out in the mornings, my days are a lot slower. I'm groggy throughout the day. So I try to stick to that. But yeah, there's no real set regimen whenever I'm waking up to do anything. So if you are listening right now and you don't wake up in that go get it mindset and you're not feeling like you're crushing it, the way to start feeling like you're crushing it is one day at a time. The way you start to feel like 
Um, you're waking up to a wonderful day is one day at a time. So you might try, you know, three positive affirmations about yourself before you get out of bed. You might try what are the three wonderful things that are going to happen in my life today before you get out of bed. I personally have done that. Tanner, you might remember that because everybody goes in cycles, right? So now you're on a high. One day you'll be in a funk. The way you get out of a funk is before you even open your eyes. What's going to go great today? Three things. What's awesome about me? Three things. Then you start your day in a different way. You're not needed to do that now, but you do have a routine. You said you didn't, but you actually do. So you wake up every day and you get dressed, you brush your teeth, you're ready for the day physically. Then you go exercise. And for me, exercise is sort of meditative. So I'm clearing my mind. Um, I have to exercise at least five times a week. In my case, I have to go into the wilderness because the lizards and the birds and the wind and all that stuff brings peace. And I could be sitting talking to my wife, just realizing I'm becoming more and more of an asshole. And then I go <laughs> off mountain biking and I get better. So actually, I work out at the gym twice a week. I mountain bike four times a week. One day a week, I have to rest so I don't crash on my mountain bike. But when I don't, I get grumpy. Also, physically, when I'm not looking my best, and I know I'm not now, but I blame that on COVID and my wife's unbelievable baking company. Shout out to Delicious Bakes. Keeps me fat. So good. No matter how much you exercise, if you eat Delicious Bakes every day, you will stay fat. Shout out to Delicious Bakes. Um, so you've got you've got this exercise routine because you got to look good to feel good. And I'm not saying um, that tan that Tanner has to be uh, you know an underwear model, but you got to feel good about yourself and feel that you're not letting yourself down so you've got a routine of physically preparing with you know showering the, and the and brushing your teeth but also of exercising to put your mind at ease and you're doing that before you start your day is that consciously because you know that you're going to have a better day if you follow that routine oh yeah definitely if i'm waking up on the wrong side of the bed or not wanting just not feeling motivated that's those are usually the days i tell myself to go earlier um but if i wake up and i'm ready to get at it then I'll typically just start my work or start my school and maybe go midday. But yeah, definitely if I'm feeling down and not feel like doing anything, I'll walk over to the gym. And doctors will tell you, and if you're listening right now and you're in a little bit of a funk, the most important thing in life is sleep. And if you, as you start doing your studies later on in life, when you get old, you start to figure out how do I get myself at peak performance? Always number one is sleep. You got to sleep seven, seven and a half, eight hours a day. You got to get your sleep. And then second in line is exercise. And what Tanner's doing here is he's got this goal to push himself in work and in school. And he knows that he's got to take care of himself first. Dr. Barry Greif at UNC Chapel Hill figured this out. I believe he was the first one. It's not about work, then wife or husband, then kids, then me. It's the other way around. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your work, your spouse, and your and your kids. So you got to get in this habit of being in tune with yourself, which Tanner is. And if you're not, you start asking yourself how you're feeling, why you're feeling that way. What are the steps I need to feel a different way? You can do that every morning. How do I feel today? Why do I feel that way? What are the steps I need to do to take take today? Thirty days later, you're in a, you're in better shape. And again, I'm assuming you're not dealing with real tragedy right now. If you're dealing with real tragedy, you might need to reach out for some help. You may need to call nine one one. So we're not making light of that. We're saying normal anxiety. You're having a hard time with tests. You're having a hard time with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You're having a hard time with some um, less extreme stress. You can get through it in, in in under 30 days by thinking about how you feel, why you feel that way, and what should you do. 
you're in tune with yourself already, Tanner. So you're waking up every day and you've got goals in school and you've got goals at work and you probably have goals in um, your personal life too. You, you know, physical goals for your workout. You've got a time management plan that addresses time to study, time to work, time to work out. And you also mentioned that you do the easy things, the low hanging fruit, taking your classes. I always was baffled by the people that skipped class. You don't go to the class, you do all the studying. Go to class. That's how you know what the professor is going to be testing you on. So there's all this low hanging fruit in life. Your mom calls you, you can send her to voicemail, you can answer it and talk to her right now. You're handling that relationship right now. She's already calling you. You don't have to reach out and call her. You got a friend who says, hey, come hang out and you're just too lazy. Go hang out. It's already being done for you. You got classes and there's a professor there telling you what he's going to ask you on the uh, ask you on your test. Go and take advantage of this low hanging fruit. So you're pushing yourself at work and school and goals, time management, hitting the uh, the easy the easy wins, and then you're in tune, tune with yourself. What did you have to do to become kind of in tune with your psyche? You know, to even understand that you were lost, to even understand that you're feeling good. Were there things that you had to do to understand your psyche that would be helpful for the person listening in the car right now that may not understand theirs yet? Yeah, um, to understand it, kind of like you said earlier. Just sit down and, and ask yourself how you're feeling, <clears throat> how the day went, how the week went, how the month went, and then also step back and look at what you could change to make it go better, whether it's in just that one day or the past week or the past month and look at all of your habits. Um, I don't think people realize it's very easy to have bad habits nowadays. Um, it's always been easy, but I think just stepping back and, and asking yourself, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? And what ultimately can I change to have a better mindset and be in that better, better attitude to go get it? And we're not talking about cleaning up all your bad habits. Everybody's got a bias or two. Everybody's got a bad habit or two. But we're talking about keeping it in perspective and cleaning up as many as you can. So you got a system here. If you're lost, how do you feel? Why do you feel that way? What would you what would change that? What steps do I need to take? and then managing through that. If you got a bunch of saucers, work on yourself first, manage your time second, figure out what you want third. And lastly, if you don't know how you're feeling, stop and ask yourself the same questions as if you're lost, because you're lost in how you're feeling. How do I feel? Why do I feel this way? I don't know how I feel. How do I think I feel? Why do I think I feel that way? All right, what would change that? What do I want it to be? So you're doing this self-check-in, this self-reflection, and you'll find, I know you're early off in your on your path to excellence, you'll find that most of the people that achieve excellence have some sort of morning routine, have this balance where they're exercising and sleeping and investing in their family and their community um, and succeeding at work. And they have these check-ins, whether it's meditation or they have a therapist or they have a business group, they have some way to check in, you know, daily, a lot of them, um, if not daily, at least monthly. And then they think about what's going to change. And sometimes you don't know how you feel. Sometimes you don't know if you're a seven or a nine. Sometimes you don't know if you're a two or a five. So be patient. But that's the process. You ask yourself questions. And when you straighten that out, you can get back on the train to excellence, which Tanner's definitely on. And so Tanner, um, I know it's early in your life, but you know, you, you're financially, you're making big dollars, you know, more money than most people make out of college while you're in college. Experience wise, you've already played basketball in college. 
You've run sort of a big business in college, nearing a nearing a million bucks um, your sophomore year of college. Now, now doing it again. When you look way, 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 way back at these last four years, first of all, are you surprised by how well you're doing already? And second of all, you can probably identify a sacrifice you made that helped you get there. What was the sacrifice you made, and why are you glad you made it? Yeah. Um, first of all, I always knew I wanted to do something big, whether it's in the athletics or in my career. Um, I always saw myself doing something great, but looking back, I'm definitely surprised um, that I'm doing it at as young as I am. I, I expect myself to play basketball throughout college and then maybe after college, figure it out and start, start chasing it. Um, so how I, or what I sacrificed um, to do that would definitely just be more on the social life side of things like partying, hanging out with friends, um, all of that. I, I definitely still see them and go out and have a good time. But it's like little milestones whenever um, I accomplish something or done something, not just going out every weekend and doing my thing every weekend with my friends. Um, I know my time and I know what time I have available. Um, so just sacrificing all that free time, especially as a college student coming out of high school. There's way too much time on a college student's hand to go out and and not be using your time to the best of your ability. So sacrificing my time was definitely the biggest sacrifice. I like that. You're you're celebrating out of reward, not routine. Yep. And it, it cheapens it, right? You're going, I mean, I, I go out with you. I, I see you. every time I see you, we go out and have a great time. I talk to you. You're having a great time. It's just not every day for no reason and therefore unfulfilling. It's purposeful out of reward, not routine. And it's no reason you're doing so well. Tanner Halling, thank you so much for making time to get on the show with us today and share your insights. And thank you so much for continuing your path to excellence with me. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity be in the company and be here today. Right on. Well, I will see you soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.